everybody, it's Matt Michaels here with the Vegas Bad Boys Podcast. Today, we have a special guest. Um, we are sponsoring a show that is coming up on April 8th for Big Valley Wrestling here in Las Vegas. And it is Unstoppable, which is their eight-year anniversary show. And I'm joined by one of the staples of Big Valley Wrestling, Frank the Tank. What's up, Frank, man? How you doing? Dude. How you doing, Matt? You know, um, you know, we're in all fairness, we were talking a little bit about, you know, um, your history and, um, and then I'm like, okay, let's get rolling because one of the things that, um, I wanted to get from you is, um, kind of your, um, your feelings about the, the time you've been in big Valley and kind of uh, a little bit of history. So the fans who might not you know, uh, know Big Valley very well or, or just discovering it, can kind of understand um, where a guy like you fits in here in the Vegas Valley. Um, so what what is your first memories of finding out about BVW and how did it come about? Was it, you know, did you end up talking to uh, Ricky Tenacious? Um, did you talk to his dad? Uh, who you know has uh, been the the founder of the company? What was it like coming into BVW? Uh, when I first got here, I just looked to see who had shows, who was running uh, in Las Vegas, and I originally reached out to a different company, um, and just kind of had a, a bad experience with that uh, owner. Uh, basically, I would ask him questions about his shows uh, to see if I could get booked. Uh, and then he would basically lie and say that he didn't book local talent. And then I was like, well, I know several local talent that are on this show. So why are you lying to me and telling me that that you don't book local talent? Um, so um, through, through that, I ended up kind of looking um, further uh, and I found Big Valley. Uh, and I reached out to them, uh, and this is back when um, Beast uh, was there. Um, guys like Greg Romero uh, were there, um, and uh, I reached out to them, uh, came and kind of talked to them and got to roll around the ring and, and show them what I could do. Uh, and then they were like, okay, yeah, let's, let's, let's try you out. Uh, and my first match was against Sergeant Major. Ah, and, there you uh, go. Yeah, so uh, I got to wrestle Sergeant Major. Um, you know, uh, I don't recall the the outcome of that match, but I will say that I got to after the match I joined uh, with Sergeant Major and Tumiguchi. Yeah, and sure. uh, and and started beating people up then and there. Um, and that was almost five years ago now. Damn! Wow. Yeah, yeah almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost five years ago now. Um, and got to just kind of, you know, play my role. Um, you know, I was there when they needed me there. I, I supported, uh, you know, help share flyers and sell, you know, and, 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 and everything that uh, they were asking me to do. Uh, and then they ended up, um, almost shutting down. Um, and, through that, uh, I was able to shine. I was able to um, really like come through, 
Um, and, you know, they, they held a heavyweight tournament uh, to crown a new champion because they had lost theirs. Uh, and I, you know, ended up winning the tournament uh, and ended up beating Big Dirty in the process, you know, and he's, yeah. he's definitely a staple um, yeah. there at uh, Big Valley. Um, and that was kind of my, my, my coming out party, so to speak, was, was when sure. I won the, the heavyweight belt. Um, because I was the Las Vegas champion and I had to give that up to even challenge in the, in the tournament. Um, so, um, I ended up winning the tournament. Uh, and then I had tune with me. Uh, I had Ricky Tenacious with me. I had Alexander Braven with me. Uh, and we all together, uh, really just started running rough shot, uh, over big Valley. Uh, and slowly, but surely some of the, some of the guys that, um, you know, weren't around anymore started, you know, trickling back in and, and coming back. And we started building up the fan base again. Um, and it was just through a whole bunch of hard work and dedication, uh, especially by Benny Espinosa, Ricky Tenacious, you know, those guys, they like, it's literally their, you know, their heart and soul. And, yeah. you know, they weren't going to let it die. Um and they put their trust in me uh, as the heavyweight champion. And, you know, I did my best to, you know, literally bring a, a air of, of respect back to the, to the, to the company. Uh, and, you know, now we're at eight years, uh, you know, we're, we're unstoppable, literally. Um, so uh, I, I appreciate everything that, uh, I was given the opportunity to do, um, yeah. you know, I've gotten to, 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 to wrestle and, you know, out here at the Las Vegas Taco Fest and the Cauliflower Alley Club and, you know, yeah. even got featured in one of their little um, pamphlets, I guess. Um, uh, and I got to meet uh, Ming. So um, oh, I, don't, I, don't, yeah, I don't care what anybody says. Like Ming said he enjoyed my match. Um you know, the, the day after, and I don't care what anybody says, you can call me big and fat and slow and horrible all you want. Ming said I was good, so I don't yeah. care what anybody else says. <laughs> so, uh, just overall, you know, th this is the company that took a chance on me, um, and this is the company that, um, you know, when a company takes a chance on me, uh, I'm very loyal uh, to them. Now, there are other companies out here that I would love to, you know, step foot in you know and my door is always open you know if they if they need me um but, but you know the, the one company that i will always uh be grateful for for giving me my opportunity out west is is big valley um now saying all that um benny kept trying to have people come in and beat me for the title <laughs> bringing in you know funny bone and 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 ace romero and and you know and i like he didn't make it easy you know I, yeah. I, I had to to work to keep that title um you know because and the whole time big dirty was on my heels you know and and so and finally he had his day um you know and it was at one of our anniversary shows it was it was that uh i want to say it was bigger and better but i think it was a different one i think it was um it was a show maybe in September, actually. So, um, but, you know, 
no longer champion. Fine. Uh, now I am free to um, be able to go after folks. You know. Yeah. Um, before I was the target. Everyone was coming after me. Now I get to be the one saying, "Okay, I, I see this person, um, you know, doing well." And honestly, I feel like I'm still a target. Yeah, uh, you know, sure. this guy, um, you know, Cal Jack, you know, he is six foot six, almost three hundred pounds, uh, and you know, if you out here in the valley, if you if you beat Frank the Tank, you know, you're instantly credible. Yeah. Here. Uh, so now I have, you know, that duty of, um, you know, I'm the I'm the old bull that, you know, that is refusing to go out to pasture. Um, you know, I'm going to um, just throw people around until I till I'm done, till I'm tired of doing it. Um, and thankfully, Big Valley is, is allowing me uh, to do that, you know. They always um, have reached out to me uh, and been friendly uh, and been supportive. And, you know, I, I really can't say enough um, to them for, for that. Um, but on the flip side, um, I'm glad because that means I get, I, I still get to, to knock heads. You know? Right. You know, exactly. and, there, and there are some people around here that I, that I have my sights set on. Uh, and we'll see. What, what happens. Um, but uh, I got to get through Caljack first uh, and then and then we'll see uh, because, you know, Fresco's the champ. Uh, so he's got a target on his back and yeah. let's believe uh, I'm one of the people aiming at it. Um, you know, even Sean Black, you know, he's Las Vegas champ. Uh, so he's got a target. You know, uh, Papa Yase, he's a fighting champion. So Nope. Um, just know um, if I'm there, if I'm in the roster, uh, then you're in my sights. Uh, it just um, I'm smart enough now to know that I don't have to come at you head on. I can right. I can bide my time. Uh, I can I can pick and choose my spots now, and that's what I that's what I do. Uh, is now I, I I get to pick and choose my my spots you know so um we'll, well, we'll see but but that's you know and i think that you know um if if people who are watching this or listening to this if they're not familiar with you know your longevity i mean you you are 20 years into the business and the the coolest aspect of that is that since you've been out west you've been able to um, wrestle for a company that not only allows you to continue to get in there and mix it up, but it also the way that, you know, they run the schedule for their events. It's nice because you're not constantly putting your body through it. Like you were, you know, 10, 15 years ago, which right. is, which is wonderful because of the fact that, your experience is so valuable, especially to guys like Fresco, um, Shade, you know, it, mm -hmm. and I think that, you know, um, you know, getting in the ring and 
you know, being able to roll around with those guys really gives them a benefit, but also having your presence around um, is, you know, it's invaluable because in 10 years, those guys are going to be the guys who are in the locker room and guys are looking up to. Yeah. And, and it's like, you're, you're, you're passing along just almost a encyclopedia of knowledge and experience to guys who take it serious and want to learn and be the best that they can be. And I think that that is one of the, the best things that you can say about someone who's been around is that you're a leader, man. And I think that that is something that just can't be overlooked, man, because dude, it's, it's very important. Yeah. And I, I see their hunger, you know, I see, uh, that they get in the ring and they want to fight everybody. You know, they they want that challenge. They they are trying to be the best. Uh, and to be the best, you literally have to wrestle against, you know, the best. Um, and, I, you know, I've been there. I've been at the top. You know, I've, I've been the, the heavyweight champion uh, in pretty much every promotion I've ever been in. Um, at one point or another, because they see me uh, and they see that I can be an asset and they see that I can be a, a leader in the locker room uh, and they give me that opportunity to lead. Uh, and and it's it, it's one of those things that, you know, most people take for granted um, as the, the leader in the locker room. Some of them, you know, they they play games and they, um, you know, they, they don't take it as serious as what it really is. Uh, and that is the chance to not only um, support your promotion as its champion, but to support, to support those people that are coming up the ranks. You know, when I was the heavyweight champion, uh, I got to wrestle against um, Mondo Rocks. Uh, you know, he ended up getting a rookie of the year at BBW uh, and challenged me for, got to challenge me for the heavyweight belt, um, you know, and where else can you say that that happens? You know, yeah. the, that the rookie of the year, you know, that the, that the champion um, gets, like, gets allowed, a rookie. Yeah, 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 that the champion allowed himself to, you know, go against a rookie uh, and even put the title on the line, you know. Yeah. Um, and don't think I overlooked him at all, you know, because he was rookie. Um, I I treated every single opponent like they could be the next champion if I if I had an off night, you know. So I always brought, you know, one hundred percent. Even even <laughs> I remember uh, wrestling. Um, what were their names like? Little Rob or Big Rob and Little D or something like that. Uh, I don't remember, what, but they were they were some guys that we had uh, kind of coming up, and that I was you know uh, rolling around and and training and showing the ropes to, and um, we kind of let them have a an exhibition, um, and they put both of them against me at the same time. Uh, so you know, I had to, and then after I beat them, I ended up having to wrestle um, what's his name, Ryan. Oh, what is his name? Golly, he's he's the the guy that says he's a a bad boy or a good boy, depending on the the day. Um, he's from Arizona. I can't remember his name now. I know it was Ryan something. 
but he was he was kind of like the Arizona version of of Alexander Braven. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, so I, I I had to wrestle him like right after them. Um, wow. And but it kept me on my toes, you know, uh, and that's what I like is is you know being kept on my toes and and they're definitely throwing me a like a mountain to climb uh, in, in cow jack so um i am like i said i'm not gonna take this this lightly um this guy's a threat um i don't care how long he's been in the business um when he gets in that ring with me uh he's not gonna get anything timid I, he's not gonna be going he i I'm a big man just like he is. He's not going to intimidate me. Um, what he's going to get is hard-hitting. Um, what he's going to get is, uh, if he gets close enough, he's going to get punched in the face. Um, I'm, I, you know, I'm going to try my best uh, to show everybody that I am not to be messed with. Uh, and even if, by chance, uh, he wins this match, oh, they're going to know um, it was a battle. Um, and sure. he, he happened to uh, come out on top of that battle. But um, just if you beat Frank, uh, you've done something that day. Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's no doubt. And with Caljack, um, you know, he brings legitimate, um, you know, national qualifier type experience. I mean, the guy was a, a great mat wrestler. Um, so... You know, he's he's bringing um, a little something different that, say, you know, uh, a guy like Mondo Rocks is not necessarily, you know, going to his wheelhouse, even though he's had that training. You know, he's he's, you know, a little more uh, uh, in terms of uh, a high flyer and, and you know, and quick and attack. Caljack is, a, you know, he's he's on your level in terms of just mountain versus mountain man and i think that you know and it's interesting because i think the vegas fans are starting to really take to him they're really you know getting behind him which i think that in itself lights a fire in your ass because you know who who is this new guy who the fans are appreciating when you've been there, you know, for almost a whole run. And I think that that like you have something to prove against him. And I think that's very important for fans to realize. Yeah, this isn't this isn't just a walk in the park for me. Every time I step out in that ring, um, it's serious. It's 100 percent serious. It is, you know, uh, I always want people to go and watch uh, Rocky three. Because they will see um, the character of Clubber Lang, uh, who was mean and vicious and still ran his mouth uh, and backed it up. And that's me. You know, I'm going to I'm going to yell at the audience. I'll, like, I'll be hoarse by the time I'm done wrestling because I'm yelling at the audience. But I'm still going to be focused enough um, that my opponent did, you know, he my opponent has to find a way to beat me. There, there is no easy way to just, you know, beat Frank the Tank. They, they, they have to find something. They have to dig deep. They have to, 
in in a lot of cases go further than they've ever had to go. You know, when I when I wrestled Ace Romero, you know, at uh bigger and better, it was it was a war. Yeah. You know, yeah, he pounced me, but uh he caught he caught a caught a couple of slams himself, you know, yeah. and somebody four hundred and fifty pounds like him probably isn't used to getting picked up off his feet and thrown. Um and you know, that's what I bring to the table. Uh bad knees and all, I'm still, you know, gonna pick you up and walk around the ring with you like your boom box, uh, if I have to. Uh and then for those of you that don't know what a boom box is. In years ago, a boombox was a large uh, stereo that took D batteries, uh, and then you put it on your shoulder and you cranked it all the way up to ten, uh, and you put a cassette tape in there, uh, and and you pushed play, and whatever song was on the tape uh, that was not being played through the through the boombox. All right, so uh, just just a little history lesson for, uh, <laughs> for some of you all. Um, but yeah, so uh, regardless of you know who's across that ring from me, and in this case, it's it's Cal Jack. It's going to be a war. It's going to be a battle. Um, uh, yeah, it only took Big Dirty roughly five minutes to to beat me for the title, but that five minutes was intense. You know, it was it was an intense five minutes, and it could have gone either way. Uh, when, he, when he won, um, you know, but yeah, don't, don't, don't expect, uh, don't expect this to be a, a technical, you know, masterclass when he and I get in there. Uh, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be brutal, brother. Men. Yeah. It's going to be two big men, you know, going at each other. Um, and I'm not going to back down and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to have some fun now, you know, cause that's what I do. Um, and like I said, any any good wrestler, you know, it's just an extension of who they are, you know. Yeah. So the Frank the Tank you see is literally me cranked up to a thousand. You yeah. know, I'm not I'm not going in there being anybody else because I don't know how to be nobody else. I know how to be Frank the Tank uh, and. That's what that's what I'm gonna walk out to that ring as, uh, and hopefully, um, I got a. It's not really a, a big surprise. A little surprise. It's, it's more for me than, than for the fans because um, I reached out to a, to a guy I know uh, to get something for the match. We'll see. We'll see if it's here in time. Um, but yeah, it's it's more for me than for anybody else. Uh, kind of a a gift to myself <laughs> that you can. You can expect me to be, you know, just as mean and vicious as I've always been. Um, you know, right now I get to be nice because, like you said, the, the the schedule is light. Um, but you know, once I really get back into the the full swing of rolling around, you know, you could see me anywhere uh, in the Vegas Valley, and there are a lot of places now in Vegas. Like when I first got here, I think there were only two, uh, and that was like. Two main one that was Big Valley uh, and and uh, uh, and the other uh, and the other the guys over on uh, I think Harrison Drive I think sort of sort of that uh, but now there's a whole bunch there's several people 
that are here in Vegas, including Lucha Libre and, and whatnot. So, you know, there's a lot of options, uh, but the best option is Big Valley. Uh, and the next show, April 8th, Man. Uh, seven o'clock. It's going to be, it's going to be one for the, for the books. Um, so uh, if you've been looking at the social media, there are some big matches playing, you know, wrestling yeah. got to defend against Kenny. Uh, you know, <laughs> Shade's got to go up against, you know, Sean Black. You know, yeah. it's like, geez, like it's it's getting ridiculous. They are, they are, you know. And, and we spoke about Ronda Rocks. I mean, him yeah. and Robbie Litt, they got to go against the tag champs there to uh, to kind of show their, their merit in a ladder match. Yeah. And it's and it's for both titles. Both titles, yeah. So yeah. It's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be one for the books. Uh, and and you, I mean, you know, the the I think the, the best thing is that um you you know when you walk in, you're all business. And and I know that you know people can listen to this and go man you know frank seems like he's a cool cat man he's relaxed he's chill but i think your analogy with clover you know that character is right on it's precise because you have to have the eye of the tiger when you step in that ring and um especially going up against you know a guy who is um you know, arguably someone who could uh, shoot on you if he wanted to, you know, and, you know, you've, you've got to bring the extra mean because, you know, you don't want that shit happening, man. You want to, you want to show why you are the ring general, why you're in control. And I think that, and I think that, you know, sometimes when you're, when you're around an organization for a length of time, think that sometimes people um they underestimate they 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 start you know looking at you as if um you're going through the motions now right you've been there for a while and you know and you can even see that in the you know you you watch wwe for example and you know you kind of go sometimes you know, this guy's been around for a while and we see him constantly, you know, losing to this person, losing to that person. And then all of a sudden you get that moment where it's like, oh shit, that's right. This person is a badass Yep. and we shouldn't sleep on him. And I think that that's what we're going to see. It's like, you know, Hey, we had a long pandemic. We had a long struggle where, you know, there there have been shows but this is the first bvw show really kind of coming on that downside of the pandemic so not only are you going to have you know everyone showing up and really wanting to you know make a statement in the ring but i think you're going to have a lot of fans showing up trying to you know show their support and show that hey, we really, you know, we've missed this. And you know, the Sahara Event Center is a little refurbished and it's going to be a special night. And I think in it also, hey, it's the it's the Friday after WrestleMania, too. So everyone's still amped up 
yep. of the week of, of wrestling that they just, you know, either participated in in Texas or, you know, watched all week. And I think that this is the perfect moment to you know, make the statement that, hey, Frank the Tank is not, you know, just here to be here. You're here to, you know, challenge and push and mm-hmm. potentially get that belt back. And I think that, you know, that's that's the important thing is that you still got you still got a lot in that tank, you know, and yeah. people people just can't sleep on you, man. That's that's my ultimate goal uh, is to. Uh, get back to to where I was, you know. At, at one point, especially like you said before the pandemic, you know, I was the heavyweight champion. I, you know, I had match of the year uh, yeah. with Big Dirty. I had wrestler of the year. Um, you know, I, I you know I was starting to really get these accolades uh, out here, and then the pandemic came and shut everything down. Yeah. Uh, you know, it and it. Uh, the worst part about it, well, for me anyway, uh, was there were some things that Big Valley does um, on the charitable side um, that not a lot of recognition happens. Um, and those are some of the things that mean more to me um, than, than some of the stuff, you know, that, that I've done in the ring. Um, here we have Opportunity Village. Uh, and we put on a show for Opportunity Village, you know, and hands down that year was my favorite show. And we were less than a month from doing our, our second show there when the pandemic hit and shut everything down. Yeah. Uh, I believe we were supposed to be in there like maybe on March 20th uh, of 2020. Uh, and they shut everything down like February you know, of 2020. Uh, and like I was, I was not devastated, but like I was very upset to know that I couldn't uh, go and see those those people uh, yeah. because they didn't care who you were, whether you were good or bad. They they just liked you. Um, now, with that being said, um, uh, they like some of us more than others, <laughs> you know. And you know, so I, I really enjoyed that um, they were there they were just there to have fun uh, and yeah. watch and they didn't care and, and some of them could understand you know the the dynamics between the the good and bad because some a lot of them actually came up to me like hey why are you bad you know I'm like you know what I'm just having a bad day today sir um you know I, it, tomorrow's gonna be different you know <laughs> so yeah. you know just really get to talk to them and 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 go through the facility. Um, and it's a, wonderful, it's a wonderful opportunity. Village is a wonderful organization and a great place, man. It's great. Um, you know, we uh, are supporting the, the LGBTQ center here. Yeah. Um, isn't that good? Isn't that gorgeous, man? The, yeah. It's, it's amazing. And, and if, you know, if anyone, uh, you know, gets a chance to go down there either to catch a Big Valley show when they, they put on uh, the next one to help the uh, the center, or just you know, if you got time, go in there and check it out because it's beautiful, it is yeah. beautiful, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just we do we do more than just you know, you know, knock heads, you know. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite, oh my goodness, one of my favorite things to do is, is Taco Fest. Um, yeah. 
Now, yes, I do wrestle there, but I mean, come on, it's Taco Fest, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's 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 kind of fifty fifty, you know, tacos wrestling, tacos wrestling, you know. So, um, <laughs> I usually try to get a see if I can get an early match on Taco Fest so I can just go eat tacos the rest of the night and have, not have to worry about, um, you know. But uh, it's it's always fun, you know. As as intense and as mean and snarling as I am when I come out of there, I still have half the crowd cheering for me. And it's like, look, like I I don't like you, so don't cheer for me, you know. Like I, I I'm gonna come out there and and karate chop somebody, but they don't care. They don't care. They go well, you know, and everyone's happy at Taco Fest because they got tacos. Yep. So, you know. And you know what's what's really cool about Taco Fest too is that, man, you you're performing in probably the biggest crowd that BBW sees, um, you know, in the year, because it's you know it's outdoors and you know you just you know just go to it, you know. Yeah, you, there are thousands of people at, at Taco Fest. Yeah, so that's I mean that's an incredible experience, and uh, you know, like you said, it's like it's twofold. You you get to do what you love. And you get to have food that you love, and it's, exactly. Damn, man. Yeah. Now, if if Taco Fest is listening, y'all had a churro truck last year that didn't come back uh, this previous year. Y'all need to bring them back. I don't know who they were. I just know it was a white truck, and the word churro was in red, and they had churros with a chocolate dipping sauce. Oh, Jesus! Y'all got to bring them back. Oh man. Oh. Uh, you just, I mean, now you just gave me a thought. It's like, boy, I mean, I'll go run out to, to you know, some like Taco Bell even and just get churros just to dip it in some Hershey sauce now. Yeah. Damn. Oh, my goodness. It was ridiculous. Like, I, I'd never had that before. And no. yeah, like, it's hands Ooh. down. I like that. I like that more than tacos, actually. So, but anyway, you, you can't go tacos. wrong. With the, you can't go wrong with the churros, man. Yep. Speaking of tacos, Cal Jack is going to be ground beef by the time I get done with him at <laughs> at Unstoppable eight year anniversary. So, if it's the eighth anniversary, is it technically the ninth year? You know, I, this is one thing that frustrates me to no end because you're you're right. It's like, wait a minute, and and I. And then it's worded as it's the eight year anniversary. So is it uh, is, is it, it the, the ninth show? Is it the seventh? Right. Is it the end of the eighth year or is it the start of the eighth year? Eighth year. Exactly. I, you know, it's fine. I'm not. I'm not gonna ponder too long on it. Just know you need to be there April eighth, uh, seven o'clock, and you get to watch some of the best wrestling in uh, in the valley, really on the west coast. And you know, um, I, I definitely have to say, if uh, if Ricky, you are listening, the one you should have started it at eight o'clock because eighth year, April eighth, should have started at eight p.m. Ricky. Yep. So you know what? You're right. We should have, but it's a Friday, so yeah. you know, I think most people on a Friday night, uh, you know, they're they not want to stay out too late. Um, yeah. At least at a wrestling show, because you know, after the show, you go out and you, 
you party. Well, um, exactly, yeah. <laughs> especially in Vegas, you go out and party. Um, and because it's a family show, well, you know, you, we don't want the kids out too yeah. late. Uh, with that being said, there are some uh, children there um, that I'm waiting for them to turn 18 so I can punch them in the face because um, they deserve it. Um, parents deserve it for letting them sit up and talk to me the way they talk to me. Uh, so just know this, parents, uh, if your child says something wild to me during the during this show, I may I may grab them. I just you know, so I may grab them. Um, so keep your kids away. Um, I forget who I was wrestling. I think it was uh, Takeshi Minamoto, and um, a little kid ended up at the ring. Uh, Could have been older than like two, and uh, I'm like, I'm literally beating beating up my guy, and it's like, can somebody come get this? toddler away from the ring because if i pick this guy up and throw him out the ring your child is about to get hurt you know i someone come get this toddler right now uh you know and i don't know i don't know what happened i just know this little kid was just inside the the ring area you know they weren't in the ring but like they were right there and um and i was literally getting ready to throw the guy out the ring and i saw the kid uh, and I had kind of had to, you know, stop because you know we, we don't want to hurt the kids uh, on purpose. Um, so, just well, let me ask you this: um, um, I myself can can answer this very easily, but Amiri, I want to hear your uh, your your thought first. Um, what by a kid? What is the one thing that was said to you? That still sticks in your head. Oh, I, I've had a, I've had a kid, probably no older than eight, like cuss me out, like actually cussed me, flip me off. That's why the guy pulled the knife on me. It's because the kid actually cussed at me, uh, and I basically told his mama that she was a bad parent, <laughs> uh, and then her mom was staring at me and she flipped me off. So I yelled at her like, look, old lady, if you flip me off, I'll punch you in the face because you're not a kid. And then the husband got up, oh, you're not going to talk to my wife like that. Swing and pulled out the knife and everything. I was like, wow. That escalated quickly. So um, wait, so so wait. You've been Chris Rocked. No, see, they didn't hit me. They, they were smart enough not to hit me. Um, well, he pulled the knife on you, though, which is a little more extreme than a backhand, you know? Yeah. I do recall one time being in uh, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, where I had a, well, there was a guy in the ring and he was, you know, cutting a promo on me. Uh, and he said, You know, Frank the Tank, your problem is you think you're invincible. And some kid, about 16, 17, he goes, He's not invincible. I can see him right there. <laughs> I, like, that was legit the only time I ever got actually angry at a at a fan because it it threw me for such a loop that this kid had no clue the difference between invincible and invisible that I was like, what is wrong with y'all school system here? Did y'all have this? He he looked like he's about to graduate high school within the next year and a half or so. 
And he's like, oh, he's not even like I can see him right there. I was like, what? I was like, oh, I like I yelled at that kid so fiercely. Um, it, like, I don't know. I, I had to hurt his feelings. Because, uh, like, I called him just about everything. Um, it was crazy. Like, I still, I recall, I had a fan one time basically say he could beat me up, you know. Like, he challenged me. He like, yeah, Frank, I'll kick your ass. Oh, oh, really? Okay, well, I'll see you in the parking lot after this match. Um, because my match was right before the intermission. Uh, and I ended up winning the match. And as soon as the match was over, I looked him dead in the face and said, I'll be outside in 10 seconds. And I went out the back all the way around the building and was standing in the parking lot waiting for him. Uh, and he never came outside. Um, and like the, the rest of the crowd kind of was coming in and out of the out of the building like, oh, yeah, Frank's still out there waiting for you. you know? <laughs> and yeah, he never came outside. And uh, it was the best slash worst decision I had ever made um, because it it got me heat. Yeah. Um, these yeah. fans were like, wait, Frank really will beat us up. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was the worst decision I ever made because this was like February. Oh, and shit. I had just got done wrestling and it was <laughs> freezing outside. Like, <laughs> I didn't put a coat on, nothing. I stood out there in my gear, freezing about Eight ten minutes uh, waiting for this guy to come outside. Yeah, I had to get back in. I had to get back into this. Um, oh, but yeah, you know, yeah. but it helped. It helped the the promotion um, kind of tell. Look, look, we're telling y'all fans, y'all need to stay back. You know, watch what yeah. y'all say. You know, these these are professional wrestlers, and as you can see, they don't care. They will come after you and. You know, I I gained a lot of respect from the from the fans that day that may have thought that I was, you know, a pushover, I guess. It's so easy. It's so easy to to be in that position of watching and, you know, basically, you know, uh, thinking that you're tough until you are in the realization mode of. Oh shit! What did I just get myself into? Because there, I mean, I still it just it blows my mind how many people, whether it be indie shows, whether it be you know national big promotion shows, the people who think they're tough and will jump the rail and start something, and will just get their ass kicked within ten seconds. Oh yeah. Because, you know, it's that's the thing. The thing I don't think people realize. And I think it goes with the stigma of the idea that wrestling is fake, right? Right. Because, you know, I can tell you and you know, it ain't fake. Right. And that's my knees. Yeah. And everyone who steps into a ring, you know, I think that some of the fans really get it and they understand and respect it. But it's those people that just that small percentage, and maybe it's alcohol fuel too, that just, you know, it's like you ain't tough. And it's like, you know, I'm I actually am pretty tough. And you don't want to see that side of me because you know, I, I am a performer, 
but I am right. an ass kicker. <laughs> right. I may be up here wearing tights, fighting right. over a belt that will never fit in any type of belt loop that I am currently wearing. Uh, but yeah. the thing they don't understand about most wrestlers, and I'll probably say probably nowadays it's probably close to at least 80% of rosters now. Everyone now in the ring pretty much has either played football uh, at some level, you know, high school, college, semi-pro, pro, yep. or, you know, some sort of, or, or like elite wrestling or, you know, um, even some um, mixed martial arts, you know, yeah. some actual legit, you know, not to say that pro wrestling isn't legit because it definitely is. Um, but like we've, we've gone through the fire. We've gone and played in these other sports and, and wrecked our bodies and then came and started, you know, doing professional wrestling. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, especially when I watch people in the ring, I can usually tell the the people that played sports from the people that didn't play sports before they came yeah. uh, to become a professional wrestler. Because the ones that played sports, they just tend to catch everything we do faster. Yeah, you know, they 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 just pick it up and they can put it to use, and a lot of them can just go. You know, because, you know, play football, you used to having your coach blow that whistle in your face, running sprints and doing crab yeah. walks and, and hitting hitting the boards and, you know, all the drills and stuff we got to go through. Uh, if you did wrestling, then you know good and well. Like, I, shoot, I, like, I hate my high school wrestling coach. Like, <laughs> by the end of the season, our warm-up was an hour, you know, and yeah. 40 minutes of that was, was running. You yeah. Know, oh we, fuck yeah. We stretched and did all the calisthenics, and then basically we ran around the outer circle for like forty minutes, and really it was thirty minutes. But at the end of the thirty minutes, he kept extending it for two minutes, calling it overtime. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I I remember one time asking <laughs> Coach John, I was like, man, I, well, it may not have been me. I just remember. One day, coach goes, he goes, you know what? Uh, we're going to run today. Um, and we were like, ah, dog, coach, why? And he said, well, now I'm not making you run because it's going to, you know, be great for your cardio because it will. I'm not going to make you run, you know, because it's it's just going to, you know, help you overall with your strength and conditioning and all that stuff because it will. I'm making you run because my coach made me run. And that was his whole reason. And we were like, what? <laughs> you know, so he literally, you know, what I mean, like he he didn't have to say that. You know, <laughs> the reality is, is the better you are conditioned, you know, the you know, you can really mess with your opponent's head, and that helped me. Yep. Years later, doing the the tough man competition, I remember one time I I know my opponent was gassed, and I was gassed too. But I did ten push-ups in the middle of uh, in the middle of the ring during that that intermission between rounds, and I know that messed with my opponent's head. Like, wait a second, what? Yeah. He just did he just did ten push-ups, man. Oh, I'm no, forget this. You know, I've had people quit in between rounds because of stuff like that. You know, because yeah. I, I psyched them out. You know, 
He didn't know I didn't have anything in the tank. But, you know, I made him think it. That's what Coach said. And and I think that, you know, one of the um one of the things that I always enjoyed about wrestling is I pride it myself because listen, I wasn't I wasn't the best athlete by any means, but psychologically what I understood was I would allow my opponent for the first two rounds to start racking up points because they start getting cocky and then they start getting frustrated because now when you start kicking it into gear now wait they can't shoot on you now because they gassed they can't do this because they yeah and you start gassing them and my thing was always get them to the last right around the last minute make sure you're up get them in a headlock quickly do a hip toss, throw them down, crank it, and pin them. And they never saw the shit coming. Yeah. Because they're, here they are kicking your ass. They think that, oh, I got this guy, blah, blah. And then, bam, they're pinned, and they're like, what the fuck just happened? Yep. And, you know, right. and, and it's funny you say the running, because that was my, I mean, fucking hate it. We used to have to do, um, for, for weight cut, the night before a meet, uh-huh. Uh, we used to go into the uh, <laughs> into the uh, the pool, and we didn't go in the pool. We went into the fucking stands in the in the vinyls. Oh wow! And you know, it was like, dude, you got to sweat off three pounds now. Go! And I was lucky. I was lucky. I was our heavyweight wrestler, heavyweight. <laughs> but I was twenty five pounds underweight. You know, this was back sure. when heavyweight was two seventy five was was the heaviest. Wow! And yeah. I I came in around two between two fifty and two fifty five wow. uh, every day. But I know at the start of practice, I would weigh myself and I would be about two fifty seven. You know, after eating you know lunch and everything. Uh, and by the time practice was over, I'd be somewhere around two forty three. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every day. You know. Yeah. I'd, and. It was rough. And just like you, I like, like my coach had me rough. He, he, he almost set me up for failure. And because, because I was quick, he just taught me how to wrestle like the small guys. So he taught me, you know, singer legs and, and, you know, angle picks and things like that. You know, he didn't teach me front headlocks and drags and stuff like that. So when I was wrestling these heavyweight guys using heavyweight moves, you know, I was at a disadvantage because I didn't know these heavyweight moves. And I recall one time, but I learned quick, though. I remember one time I was wrestling this guy, and we were down in referee's position, and ref blew that whistle, and he... I was expecting him to reach up with his right hand, but he reached up with his left and trapped my arm and just rolled. Just oh. just rolled with oh. me. And I was like, what? Just, you know what I mean? Like, it was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I got up. I got out of it. And I was like, that was, what the f- was that? You know, so um, <laughs> later on in the same match, I had him down again in referee's position, and he did the same move again. But this time, somehow or another, I basically slid my arm all the way up 
um, as he was rolling, and I basically cartwheeled on my forearm. And uh, he basically, when he landed on his back in the middle of the, the roll, I was on my forearm above him and basically put the right up under his, his neck, was able to stop him from bridging and locked him up and ended up pinning him. That's ended up amazing. pinning him on that. And like, yeah, like I don't think that move's ever been done in in wrestling history. But I, I ended up doing it. And um like and it was a tournament too. It was actually um, Indianapolis's state tournament, uh, okay. and I recall, um, well, not the whole state. It was uh, basically the city's, you know, the the city schools uh, in Indianapolis, right? And um, like, like I ended up leaving wrestling because of that tournament, um, and it was I was in the championship round, and win or lose, I had won the title. And then in the last round, with about 20 seconds left, um, I flipped my opponent over onto his back, but I took him over my knee to do it. And my knee didn't hit the ground first, and he got hurt. Oh, okay. And instead of calling him for injury default, the referee called me for intentional drilling and disqualified Disqualified. And I lost champion i lost the 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 whole thing um like i said i was i was undefeated that day it was win or lose i had won the whole tournament and i got disqualified in a championship match wow. and, and ended up not yeah losing the whole thing and i was like i was done yeah yeah i i i would have done the same thing i would have it was it was something i didn't even know existed I said, what? I said, what's in Because, because the killer is, if you were ranked, you could get away with murder. Yeah. Because we had a guy who was ranked at one nineteen, and in his match, he literally had the guy snaked up his arm, and he punched the guy into the mat, and then pinned him, and no harm, no foul. Yeah. All I did was lean the guy over my over my knee, put him on his back, and as soon as I was going for the pin, I was going for the, you know arm up under the neck and everything um, about to shoot a half and referee blew the whistle and disqualified me. Man. That's fucking, that's yeah. But, you know, and, and that's, and it's interesting because, you know, when you think about those, those things, that's what builds the character, man. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, your journey to where you are now to, to be able to, you know, go out to the ring against someone like Cal Jack, you know damn straight that you're prepared because you've you've been through the shit, you know? You've been yeah. through the you know the the letdowns and the and the bullshit that goes along with you know um not only uh grappling you know uh Greco Roman but also in, in tough man competitions, same thing, you know um there there's always going to be and and it's it's amazing because there is always going to be certain rules that get bent for certain guys mm-hmm. and then guys like us got to prove our fucking self time and time again yep. because it doesn't apply to us because you know we're not the quickest we're not the strongest we're not the prettiest <laughs> you know what i'm saying like 
there's so many different factors that guys get passes on that, you know, those of us who've, you know, who've gone through the ringer, we know it. We know what it takes. We know that once you think you have us, you don't have us. You have to legitimately put us out because yep. that's how we were trained, man. That's what we do. That's our respect for the business, for fights, for, you know, yep, for everything that goes with it. And that's why I cannot wait to see, um, you know, I think this is going to be Cal Jack's one of his biggest challenges to date. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You know, he's, he's, he's got a young career, um, but uh, I hope he doesn't think he's about to make a name for himself on the, on the back of Frank the tank. Um, it's not going to, it's not going to be as easy as he may think it is. It's going to be, um, yeah, I've been doing this for 20 years. Uh, and yeah, I may not be as, as fresh and as spry as I used to be. Uh, but the one thing I do uh, better really than, than anyone I know is like when it's go time and it's time for me to, you know, either put up or shut up. Like I'm going to, you know, dig deep and I'm going to try to pull out that win. You know, I, I pulled it out against, you know, Funny Bone. I pulled it out against Ace Romero. You know, I pulled it out against Leon Hader. You know, I, I pulled it out against, you know, all of those guys who uh, would would technically be considered the, the better wrestler, you know. But the one thing they did not count on was that it's hard to keep me down. You know, it, it's hard to, you know, it's 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 almost impossible, really, uh, to keep me down. The, like the, the the phrase "unstoppable" uh, for this is 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 quite um, accurate uh, when you talk about me. Uh, it, you know, I'm a tank. You literally need to have a freight train to stop me. You yeah. know, you know. So we'll 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 see if that bear goes over the mountain because I don't think he's going to. We'll see. <laughs> um, the, look, uh, all I know is whatever it is, I'm I'm giving 100. percent I'm I'm going to try to. You know, if he comes in there, Grizzly Bear, I'm, I'm gonna try to send him out a, a cub. You know, we'll see. We'll, well, we'll, we'll see. You know, it's been a while. I've been ringing a while, so I'm about to. I know I'm at dig deep. I, I may have a little bit of rust. I gotta knock off in the during the match. So we'll see. Well, maybe we can. Uh, we'll motivate you, and uh, uh, if. Uh, if you pull it off, if you get that victory, if you dig deep, when you get out of the ring, you get back to the locker room, we'll get you some tacos. Oh, <laughs> I hope you was going to say churros, but oh, the tacos well, are close enough. Hey, you know, if I if I can find that churro truck, if I can flag it down within the yes. next uh, week or so, man. <laughs> um, and, hey, again, Ricky Tenacious got to listen to this brother i think that what frank is saying is that the event needs a churro truck right outside the door man maybe maybe i might bring them in 
Um, uh, but you know but what? What I am saying is next Friday, April 8th, 2022, um, some of the best wrestling in this valley uh, is going to happen at the Sahara Event Center. Uh, and I guarantee you, uh, if you show up to this show, you will not be disappointed uh, because, like, there are going to be some downright battles, some downright wars that are going to be launched into that ring. And, like, like if you haven't seen Sky High, you know, versus Players Club, you, you know, you're missing something. And yeah. If you haven't seen Kenny King and Fresco, you're missing something. If you haven't seen uh, Frank the Tank or Cal Jack, you're missing something. Like, get there uh, to the Sahara Event Center uh, and tell them Frank the Tank sent you. Um, and if they ask who Frank the Tank is, um, you know, don't tell them I told you to do it, but, you know, punch him in the face. Because, um, <laughs> you know, because, like, you know, I might be liable. I might be held liable for saying punch him in the face if someone punches him in the face. So, you know, I didn't say it. Yeah, it, it, it was never said. Um, everyone just kind of keep that out of your mind, but in mm-hmm. your mind. Yes, and, yes. You know, uh, tickets are on sale. Go to eventbrite.com. Uh, you can get front row tickets for $30, second row for $20, and general admission is $15. Um, doors actually open at 6.30 p.m., so, you know, try to get there a little bit earlier so you can, uh, you know, get a nice uh, front row seat. And, um, man, uh, you know, this is going to be something else. Uh, we're proud to be uh, sponsoring and um, can't wait to see this match in particular because, um, you know, on a night of really good matches, um, I always favor seeing the big guys. Uh, and I think the first, the first wrestling live event I went to, I was 10 years old. And I still, man, I can see walking into the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago. Oh, wow. Classic. The ring is, you know, is everything's dark and there's that spotlight on the ring. And you got Hillbilly Jim and King Kong Bundy. Oh, wow. Oh, dude. You know, you know that first time you fall in love in your life? Mm. That was it. (laughs) <laughs> that was it, brother. Well, not to outdo you. My first live wrestling event was WrestleMania 8 in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, sure. When sure. Uh, when Sid wrestled Hogan and and yeah, so that one. You know, so that was so, the thing. So you were one of the ones who popped when the warrior came out of nowhere running down the aisle and no one thought about, you know. Uh-huh. Uh. Yep. So yeah, WrestleMania 8, Indianapolis, Indiana. I was there. And that was my first live show. Yeah. And, uh, Savage yeah. over Flair for the championship. Uh, yep. Uh, heck, even the even the like the opening matches like um Tito versus Shawn Michaels, huh? you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Great. that was that was Sean's like, first singles match after he uh, turned on Marty. Yeah, and then here's the thing: is a, a lot of people, you know, they say they ask, oh, you know, what was your favorite match? This and that, or you know, what what match got you into watching wrestling? 
And, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, Hogan or Flair or Savage or whatever. The match that got me into professional wrestling was actually Rugged Ronnie Garvin versus Greg the Hammer Valentine. Oh, one of the best. One of the best, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was, you know, every kid in the 80s was a Hogan fan. But when I saw Rugged Ronnie Garvin and Greg the Hammer Valentine, like, battling... That's what made me like like wrestling. The you shin, know? the shin guard. You know, the so shin like, guard, man. Like, they hooked me, and then like Hogan and Junkyard Dog and Brutus Beefcake and Flair and and then Rhodes and them. You know, they they took it and ran with it. But those two, that battle, they hit, I mean, they they had a feud, man. Uh, yeah, that's that's what hooked me. That Garvin stomp was yep. something else. Oh, yep. There, uh, yeah. Well, we we could probably talk for hours, but yep. right now I'm gonna let the the listeners and the viewers uh, just kind of take a breath, process everything. Um, definitely get your tickets. Um, you know, come on out, support Big Valley Wrestling, support Vegas Wrestling, and um, you, you know you won't be disappointed because. Man, everyone on this card is talented. Um, and if you don't know some of the local wrestlers, this is a great chance to get to know them. Um, you know, this is a great environment. Um, even though Frank might yell at your kid, oh, it's definitely one hell of a kid friendly environment. Yes, so, so yes. and by, by the way, if if parents out there, if you don't necessarily want to yell at your kid yourself. That's another good reason to bring them and have there friends yell at them. So, yep. I'll tell them, go home and do some homework, kids. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. So, your kid knows the difference between uh, invincible and invisible. Yes, so. please. Please. That's, that's the one thing I ask uh, is please uh, instill in your children mm -hmm. the difference. Between invincible and invisible, make sure they know the difference between uh, there, there, and there. Yeah. You know, your and your, you know, two, two, and two. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I saw a joke one day where this, they were like, they had this girl talking about what does TWA spell? She goes, huh. They're like, okay, what's TWI spell? She was like, twice. She's like, well, what's TWO spell? She was like, twelve. And it was like, no, it's it's, it's two. <laughs> it's, it's still it's it's two. And they asked her like eight times. Like, Are you sure it's twelve? Yeah, twelve, 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 twelve. It's it's twelve. And it's like, no, it's two, girl. It's two. You know. So yeah, I I got it right before I go. You just sparked something in my head. When I was in the uh, the second grade, and you're doing those like in class spelling bee, you know things. One of one of my good friends, he gets up there, and, and the teacher goes, "Spell the word ship," and without a beat, he goes, "S H I T," mm -hmm. and we all fucking just start laughing, and he's looking at it like. What did I do wrong? <laughs> and the teacher's like, I said, ship, ship. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, you know, sometimes uh, 
you learn things and uh yeah yeah he learned how to spell shit but he didn't know how to spell ship so yep it is all right everyone thank you for tuning in and again it's friday april 8th it's uh doors at 6 30 uh bell time seven o'clock uh the sahara event center at 800 karen avenue in las vegas and again tickets are available on eventbrite and um and if uh, you guys check out the the patreon for big valley wrestling um you can definitely uh check out the event as well um and uh man uh, again it's been a pleasure frank and um can't wait having to, me. i can't wait to see what what happens and uh how much uh, trouble Cal Jackson? So oh, it's yeah. gonna be fun. Oh yeah, I might oh. pull out. A, I'm gonna do a moon salt. I'm stop lying. I'm, stop, I'm not gonna do moon salt. I haven't done a moon salt in ten years. <laughs> I'm not about to start doing them now. So. Yeah, uh, you know you, the the knees are not gonna appreciate uh, that uh, that impact of uh, of a moon salt. Definitely. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next time. Biggest bad boys of podcasting.